0: Well, it's that time again.
1: What time is that?
0: It's time to get naked.
1: Like all the way naked?
0: Well, keep your clothes on, but it's time for the Naked Party Time Podcast, where we get real and raw about life, leadership, and love.
1: While having lots of fun along the way. So
0: what do you say? Are you ready to get naked? Let's do it. Well, if you haven't heard, on Sunday at Element Church, I announced my resignation as lead pastor, effective January 10th. The video and the resignation letter are available online, but Sabrina and I wanted to use this episode to dive deeper into how God led us to this point and to walk as well, talk as well about how you can know when you are called to something yourself. Calling is something I take very seriously. Mm-hmm. So seriously, I wrote a book about it <laughs> titled Because You're Called, Three Words That Will Change Your Life. It's available on my website, jeffmanis.com or on Amazon as well. So, welcome back, or welcome for the very first time. If you're new to the Naked Party Time podcast, this is episode 30, and my name is Jeff Manis. I'm joined by my podcast queen, Sabrina. How you doing, Sabrina?
1: I'm doing pretty good.
0: Yep. So we're actually recording this before Sunday. So how are you feeling about what's coming on Sunday?
1: Mm, I feel okay right now. All right. I'll be nervous, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Lots of tears. I know,
0: me too. So as I said, today we're talking about calling and specifically how do you know when you're called to something. And we're going to use the lens of just our own personal story right now to help walk through a couple principles that hopefully will help some people. Yes, we did announce that we are resigning from Element Church effective January 10th. So my last Sunday, Lord willing, will be January Ninth, if everything goes according to to plan, uh, but my oh my, has there been a lot of backstory as to how we found ourselves at this decision? Right? <laughs> like months and months of backstory. This was not an easy decision for us to make. In fact, I can't think of many other decisions in our life that was harder than this one. Yeah, can you?
1: I mean, I think they all. Involve our calling, what yeah. Jesus has asked us to do. Those have been the hardest yeah. things. But this
0: this is one we never saw coming.
1: No, never.
0: But at the same time, while while it was so difficult um to make this decision for personal reasons, it it just seems so clear that what God was calling us to do or asking us to do, that spiritually it wasn't a hard decision. Mm-hmm it was that personal side that make made it hard. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Well, I think 14, almost 15 years ago when we were called to plant element, our kids were five, three, two and four weeks. Actually, when we were called, we didn't even have Jada. Um, She came at the end of that year, but like they didn't, they just had to come. They didn't get a say. And this time our kids are 20, 18, 17 and 14. And it like, they have yeah. a voice and yeah. an opinion and they get a say. And it and, affects them
0: greatly. Yes. And it, other people. Yes,
1: it affects our staff. The and church and I mean, it, friends. And, it feels like there's more on the line with this calling than there was 15 years ago when we started Element.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that weighs that heavy. It,
0: that made it difficult. Yeah. Now, I, I know that God's calling using air quotes <laughs> can very easily be manipulated and misused. Uh, Many times, I'm sure in my own life and in others, we've used God as the scapegoat Mm. for decisions we just wanted to make on our own, Hmm. like using God to break up with someone or to lead you to a bigger house or a better paying job. And please understand, I'm not saying that God hasn't called some people to those things. I'm just saying because it does appear at times that we can use God as a scapegoat for our own decisions, it just muddies the water a little bit. Yeah It muddies the water first of all for me because I don't want to do that myself. Like that terrifies me to know that we are all capable of doing this and I'm begging God to keep us from that. the, the thought of using God's name as a way for for me to manipulate my own selfish desires like that's terrifying. But I know we can easily do that Mm -hmm. if we're not careful because emotions get in in the way. But also because people have used God as the scapegoat before, we can very easily be a bit cynical Mm -hmm. when someone says God called them to do something. And I get that. I get that people can be cynical. In fact, you might be listening to this. Maybe you were there on Sunday. You're someone from Element Church. And you might be thinking there's got to be more to the story. (laughs) (laughs) And I understand why you might feel that way. But that's part of the reason why we wanted to share some more details here. As we desire, as the podcast says, to be real and raw about our life and specifically about our leadership at Element, but it, also we do hope this will help some people discern what God's doing in their own life. Yeah. And you know, one of our prayers through this whole process is that God would awaken new callings in people. Yeah. To do things for him that they never thought they would they would do. So I think sometimes people feel like maybe God is calling them to do something or go somewhere, but they just don't know how to discern that. Yeah. And, and what we're sharing today is definitely not a formula, you know, X, Y, Z equals A, B, C. It's not a formula for figuring out God's call, but I do think there are some principles here that can help people figure out God's call for them. So any thoughts on any of that?
1: I think sometimes when you are a Christian and you're following Jesus, it can feel weightier or more heavy to make the decision because you want to be in God's Mm -hmm. will. When you don't follow Jesus and don't really care what he thinks, I think there's more freedom in that because you're not worried about being in God's will. And so I just, I feel like there's that, and it's good pressure because yeah. we want to follow Jesus. We want to obey. But man, I, I think you really feel that because you don't want to screw yeah. this up. But yeah. and, and sometimes God does give you choices, yeah. which is he's so graceful yeah. and merciful. Yeah, gives you multiple and,
0: doors to choose from.
1: Yeah. And 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 so you might get you might get to make a choice. But then sometimes he's like, No, this yeah. is what you're doing, and you're doing it, whether anybody That's understands really or agrees with you. And it's I mean, it's like Stepping out into the water and walking towards Jesus yeah. and hoping that he's going yeah. to get you. Yeah. Um, and with so, some
0: with some decisions in life that obviously the, you know, where you go out to eat, it's not right. a waiting decision. <laughs> right. But when Christians are making these life changing decisions, you're right. Like, first and foremost, we want to be obedient to yeah. God. We want to honor him. Mm hmm secondary are those things that affect you personally and affect other people. So it does, that's really good. It does add more weight where somebody who, who isn't a follower of Jesus or doesn't care to honor Jesus, the decisions they make while they still have maybe weighty things to them when it comes to their own personal livelihood, that spiritual aspect of honoring God being in his will is just not there. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. So I personally, I had a great model of this growing up. I'm a pastor's kid. It's all I've ever known. My whole childhood and adult life, my dad's been Mm -hmm. a pastor. And from the time I was born until the time we got married, I saw God call my dad to a different place or a different church nine times. Hmm. Wow. And then several more since then. Mm -hmm. And he had some before then, before I I came I know. You should have asked your mom what the total moves
1: is. I think it's in the 40s. It's a lot. Yeah.
0: So God very uniquely would call my dad to churches or to specific places for short periods of time mm-hmm. to do very specific things. Then he would call them on. And many times, if not always, God would call my dad to smaller churches with less pay. Yeah, <laughs> Like not every move for my dad was an upgrade. I remember that. So I've had a great model in my parents of seeing this. So mom and dad, if you're watching mm-hmm. or listening, thank you for always being so obedient to God's call, regardless of what it meant for us and for our family. So I I can't speak to how God worked in my dad's life to confirm those callings. All I know is how he's done it in me and how he's done it in other people that I'm aware of. And it sure seems like when God is calling you to something, he uses this first thing. And what's the first thing God uses, Sabrina?
1: Consistency in his communication.
0: We've seen that personally.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: That when God is truly calling you to something, he he uses consistency in his communication, meaning this, I believe God will most often reveal things to you in a similar pattern. Mm -hmm. And it's different for everyone. When you look at scripture, I thought about this, how many different ways did God grab Mm -hmm. a hold of people's attention to call them to do something or go somewhere? So, you have Moses, God showed up in a burning bush, is the only person in all of scripture that God showed up in a burning bush. You had Joseph, God used dreams for Joseph. Isaiah, God gave him a vision of the throne room of God, which is amazing. Ezekiel, I'm reading Ezekiel right now, he has visions that seem like he's tripping on LSD <laughs> or smoking some bad mushrooms or so- <laughs> something. Like Ezekiel has wacky visions and dreams that God uses to call him hmm. to do things. Paul, Jesus literally blinded him on a road and then spoke audibly to him.
2: Hmm.
0: So that's just a handful of, of different yeah, ways. that's good. But all through scripture, God speaks to people different ways. For me personally, every major calling in my life, even in the life of Element Church, every major thing we've ever done at Element, every one <laughs> has been rooted in what? Scripture. Everyone. God always, 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 and this is for me, so I'm yeah. not saying this is going to be for everybody. Yep. For me, God has always used scripture, always. <laughs> he's just consistent in his communication. I think it's part of his grace. Yeah. That we that in the same way we learn our spouse's voice or our children's voice or our parents' voice or our friend the way mm-hmm. they communicate, yeah. God communicates to us in a way that we learn how he's speaking to us. So for someone else, it might be that God just speaks to your spirit. You have a, have a sense of something that God wants you to do. That's actually how God moved in my dad.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, maybe God uses songs for somebody, or creation, or sermons, or whatever. It could be anything that God mm-hmm. uses. Whatever it is, most often, not always, but most often, God reveal his calling to you with consistency of communication. So if you just take the the now three biggest moments of my ministry calling being called into ministry in college called the start element and now called to let element go god has used scripture to create and confirm those callings every time mm-hmm. so when i was called into ministry i ran from that i had a sense that god was doing it but i was denying it <laughs> and it got to a point where literally i couldn't sleep mm. And I remember one night in college, opening my Bible, and I don't recommend this, but I just turned to Proverbs. I opened it up. It landed on Proverbs 19. I read 19 and got to Proverbs 19, 21. I said, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. Mm -hmm. I just felt like God said to me, you can run all you want, but my purpose will prevail. And so that's when I surrendered to, to go into the ministry. Then when we were called to plant element, again, we had a, a sense that something new was happening. Mm-hmm. And we kind of thought, is God asking us to, to plant a church? And I'll never forget. It's February 28th, 2006. Sat down to read my Bible. I prayed, Lord, if this is the new thing you want us to do, you've got to show me. I was in Isaiah, got to say Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. And it says, But forget all that. I'm about to do something new. Do you not see it? It's already begun. I'll make a pathway through the wilderness for my people to come home. I'll make rivers for them in the desert. And I just felt like God was saying, this is the new thing. And that day we committed to start Element Church, February 28, 2006. And then this time, God used Deuteronomy chapter 6. So back in February, God began to stir our hearts almost every day Mm -hmm. with Deuteronomy 6. And we would go read it. and it was it was uncanny how many times God would lead me to a, a random passage, even in the following weeks, that then would mention the same thing. So we're reading Deuteronomy six, and we're like, "What in the world does God have for us in this?" I know
1: the first time I read it, I was like, "Well, there there's good, there's good stuff yeah. in here," That's what I was but like. I'm like, "I don't know, nothing's sticking out to me." But
0: every day, God would literally, I felt like God's had to read Deuteronomy six every day. Yeah, this went on for weeks in February until eventually. And we, we even thought we had crazy.
1: Yeah, we things. were trying to figure like out what Jesus was saying with our
0: kids because there's some there's something about kids in there, there's something about grandkids in there. So we we literally even I know thought, we
1: were praying for our grandkids. We don't yeah. even know if we're going to have any, yeah. but we were like, well, what is happening? Yes,
0: it was weird. Well, then this one phrase began to pop up and resonate in our hearts. It's repeated multiple times in different ways in Deuteronomy six. In Deuteronomy six and it's this phrase, "The land you're about to enter and occupy." <laughs> and so we just started literally praying, "Lord, if you want us in a new land, like, we surrender to you." It was even amazing then, you know, weeks after that, again, how many random passages God would lead me to, And it was had that same phrase. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like land, we started
1: seeing it everywhere yes, everywhere.
0: And we would see it not just in scripture. We saw it in other places. Yeah, it was weird. In books and sermons. and Yeah, we would
1: read a book and then would talk about that. Yeah. Like very, I mean, only God can put all of that together.
0: So one day specifically, I was fasting and I asked God, where where do you want me to read? And I just felt Deuteronomy 17. (laughs) It was the first time in a long time it wasn't Deuteronomy 6. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I had no idea what was in Deuteronomy 17, but the second verse... It, Deuteronomy 17, too, when you begin living in the towns the Lord your God is giving you. <laughs> and then verse 14, you are about to enter the land the Lord your God is giving you. Even recently, as we began to feel like our time was coming to an end, no matter what, you know, that we just felt like God was, was saying, you have to let element go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even recently, as we we're wrestling through, God, are, are we really just supposed to name a day and resign? Are we supposed to go with no job, no guarantee on the other end, which is where we're at right now?
1: Yeah.
0: Like I don't have a job waiting for me on January 10th. Yeah. We, we were fasting for like final confirmation. And the Lord gave me Psalm 138 verse 8. And it just says, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. Mm-hmm. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Mm-hmm. I just felt like God confirmed. I'm going to work it all out. The day before I was telling the leadership council at church a few weeks ago, I was having an all-out wrestling match with God about this. Uh, It was the Saturday before telling our council. I wrote in my journal, are we (laughs) really supposed to do this? (laughs) Are we really supposed to go? I said, how can we do this, God? And I opened up my Bible to where I left off the day before. I read Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah's vision of the temple of God, uh, the the throne room of God, and and Isaiah hears the Lord say, "Whom shall I send? Hmm. Who will go for me?" And Isaiah said, "Here I am, Lord. Send me." And then God said to Isaiah, "Yes, go." Hmm. I just felt like the Lord's, like I'm, I just said, "I'm I'm asking you to go." Then <laughs> that the the so that night I couldn't sleep. That Saturday night, I woke up middle night. And I literally said, we can't do this. There's no way. How can we do this? I tossed and turned. I finally got up and argued with God some more. (laughs) I told him how worried I was, how afraid I was. I opened my Bible. I had left off in Isaiah six the day before. I had that wrestling match with God. This day was Isaiah seven, the story of the King of Israel who had an enemy coming against him. He was Literally worried, afraid, and God sent Isaiah to tell the king, Stop worrying. Mm -hmm. Do not fear. Unless your faith is firm, you will never stand firm. Mm -hmm. Wow. And again, just felt like God was saying, Stop worrying. Mm -hmm. I've got this. Just do what you know you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So, Sabrina, that's really all about me right there. (laughs) How has God spoken to you? Do you have any thoughts here about any of that? Has He do you feel like he's got a consistent way he speaks to you? Uh,
1: Yeah, I don't feel like it's so much in scripture, like for you. I feel like it's more, I just, I have a sense, like, and I feel like I don't wrestle like you do. Like, I, I just feel such, I have felt such a peace. Yeah. And when you're, seriously, can I do a podcast without <laughs> crying?
3: When you're wrestling, I just feel like, we're supposed to do this like I don't know I can be strong when you feel weak and I just every I feel like there's different ways and I but I do a lot of devotionals and I just felt like it was just the same theme and books I was reading yeah. and devotionals Podcast. I was yeah podcasts even like following some pastors, which we'll talk about on Instagram. Like yeah. there was just this consistent theme that you just, you can't deny it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: But it's as crazy as this is, there's such a piece yep. and we don't know so many things. Yeah. There's so many unanswered questions, but I don't know. I just, it's that piece that passes all understanding yeah. that, Yep. You can't describe. You can only feel it. Yeah. And you just know, as hard as it is, this is what we're supposed to do.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. <clears throat> so I hope that made sense. Um, we tried to, I mean, it literally has been since February. We've been walking through this and discerning God's will and trying to figure out what God wants us to do. But those, you know, scriptures there that I, I share, Deuteronomy 6 specifically. Yeah. So the, and that phrase, the land you're about to enter, um, Psalm 138.8, Isaiah chapter 6 and Isaiah chapter 7 for me was this the final confirmation here recently. But that's, you know, five, was that four, four or five scriptures out of, I have 18 pages <laughs> of notes yeah. and confirmations that God's given us. So yeah. how do you know you're called? Although most likely be some consistency in communication. God will speak to you in a similar pattern as he has before, or as he is with this one thing. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just, it's always, always, always been scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like e- even some of the big vision things we've done in Element, God birthed those things out of scripture. Mm-hmm. And that's just how he's, he's always um, spoken to me, either creating or confirming callings, In Scripture, So Sabrina, what's the second way that you'll know you're called to something?
1: Confirmation from other people and places.
0: This one was huge for us.
1: Yeah, this helped.
0: So confirmation from other people, sometimes people you don't even know, (laughs) which we'll talk about, and other places. So if God is calling you to do something or go somewhere, he almost always speaks to you first, Mm -hmm. probably through some form of communication he's used before, like we talked about, but then in his grace and providence and and you know mercy,
1: yeah,
2: he
0: will provide confirmation through other people and places.
1: He knows how human we are. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we would like for him to write it in the sky. And yep. I don't know if he's done that for anybody, <clears throat> but I think he's so good at just yep. helping
0: us know for sure. Yeah. And and again, we have experienced that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In this season. So for us specifically, using our lens, go all the way back to February again. God was stirring our hearts with Deuteronomy 6. Mm -hmm. Every day, weeks on end, kept going back and back and back. There's something here for us, you know? So we already shared that story. This is before we had the phrase even about the land we're going to enter and occupy. On Tuesday, March 2nd, it was our first Tuesday Mm -hmm. worship and prayer event at church. Uh, We were doing open mic prayers that night. My best friend, Todd, gets up at the very end to pray. I have not told him anything at this (laughs) point. which is unusual because we usually tell each other stuff right away. Yeah. But I had not told him anything about Deuteronomy six. He he was the last person that night to pray. Mm -hmm. He comes to the front of the room where there's a microphone, brings his Bible up and just, and says, I just feel led to read a passage of scripture, which isn't odd for Todd to say. No. And then he said this, it's Deuteronomy six. And I about fell out of, I about (laughs) fell over. I looked over at Sabrina With that deer-in-the-headlights look that I had, and it didn't even phase you No. come to find out later because you thought I already told him.
1: Yeah, I thought, oh my gosh, this makes perfect sense. Yeah.
0: So it was only afterward that I told you that he knew nothing about it, (laughs) and that was the very first confirmation that we were on the right track. Yeah. That God had something for us in Deuteronomy 6. That was huge. Mm -hmm. Because after Todd read that, for my best friend to get up there and randomly read Deuteronomy 6 out of all the chapters in the Bible, yeah, it was like, okay, we're on the right track. Then we start seeing that phrase, land you're about to enter and occupy, and just felt like God was saying, something big is coming. <laughs> There's a new land you're going to enter. We still didn't know what it was. On Monday, March 8th, we started praying that dangerous prayer, God, if you want us in a new land, we surrender. We are Wherever we can do you the most good and wherever you can do the most good in us, we want to be there. Yeah. We prayed that prayer daily for several weeks after that March 8th. And then at the end of March, we were having a conversation with someone that we know and their church came up. They were beginning to search for a senior pastor to be the successor to their founding pastor who was retiring soon. And in the conversation, they just said, Hey, Do you know of anyone who would be interested? And then they added this, someone like you would be the perfect fit. Now, in saying that, they weren't even necessarily meaning me. No. They weren't asking me to submit my name. They just meant similar style, gifting, passions. They're looking for someone with church planting experience. In fact, they didn't think I would even consider it. They thought what we felt and what most people have felt when we talked to them Jeff and Sabrina would never leave Element, Mm -hmm. and that was our plan. Yes, our dream was to pastor this church Mm -hmm. until either the Lord took us home or until I retired, preferably retired.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But
0: what this person didn't know was God. What God was doing behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. and and I just froze in that conversation.
2: Yeah, it
1: was awkward.
0: I didn't even answer it. My my heart was immediately quickened. Like I'm not necessarily interested. I don't want to leave element, but how can I not say something? And I didn't. I just laughed awkwardly (laughs) and then the conversation moved on. It was weird.
1: It was very weird.
0: So that night, after that conversation, Sabrina and I were both floored. And we were saying out loud, God, what are you doing? Mm. What are you doing? We, we said that, I don't know how many times, how many times we said that out loud. That, uh,
1: we couldn't even we think couldn't, of other yeah. sentences to say. There's like, yep. what in the world is happening?
0: You couldn't even sleep that night. No. The, the next day then, I said, I have to tell them what God's been doing in us. And, and so I told them everything. And it was just another confirmation in us that they didn't even know they were giving.
2: Hmm.
0: Of, of that there's... It was like the Lord was saying, I'm I'm unfolding
1: mm,
2: the plan. I'm unveiling
0: the road. Yeah. Right.
1: Well, we were ready.
0: Yeah, we were not ready. I mean, at we, that point.
1: we were surrendered, but we were like well, I didn't we didn't know what it was gonna be yeah. or how it was gonna look, or yep. I still felt like it might still be something with our kids. Yeah. I mean, we have four teenagers. Anything could happen and yep. oh
0: so we started praying after that conversation and asking God if we were supposed to submit our names to this church. They didn't ask us to submit our names. No. But it seemed clear to us that we should at least do that and then leave the results up to God. If it went nowhere, we were totally fine with that. Yes. <laughs> again, we weren't and we aren't no. looking to leave. We thought, again, we'd finish our ministry here and would Lord willing retire here one day. It just never crossed our minds. mm that God would move us onto something new. It wasn't on our radar. And at this point, we were reeling. I mean, we were reeling at this point. Yeah. So on the day that we were going to submit our names to this church, I called my twin brother, Jeremy. (laughs) He is my brother, but along with Todd, he's also my best friend. We're very close. And I told him for the first time everything that had been going on in us. And my brother said this. Um, I I told him, I said, we think we're supposed to submit our names to this church. And he said, dude, (laughs) I haven't told you this, but just recently I have felt strongly to pray for you guys that comfort would not keep you from anything God wants you to do or anywhere God wants you to go.
1: Mm. Confirmation. I was like, what? Yeah.
0: Yeah, when I came back, I was out for a walk talking to him. When I came back, you were like, what? Then later that same week, I was having coffee with someone that I literally had met in the lobby of our church a few weeks earlier. We knew nothing about each other, but we met for coffee on that on a Thursday. Had a great conversation about life, ministry, leadership, et cetera. I was sharing the vision of Element and never let on that God was doing anything in us. He was asking what was next for Element, where we were going in the future. And then he, just in the middle of our conversation, he just stopped. Lean back and sighed. He literally did this. <sighs> I have to ask you a question. And he said, what's next for you? It seems like God might have something new for you. Mm. And again, I almost fell out <laughs> of my chair in that coffee shop. I couldn't believe it. And I actually told him that day everything, which was crazy But I felt like when we were talking, I even even prayed while we were talking, Lord, if he asked me, I'm telling him. Mm. It was another confirmation. (laughs) And then Sabrina, that same week. So my brother was on a Monday. I had that conversation on a Thursday. And then it was that same week. You had a really clear confirmation as well with your best friend. (laughs) So just for context, you had already told your friend Donna about Deuteronomy 6. And that phrase, the new land, yeah. that kept coming back to you, right? Yeah. And you told her, when you were telling her about Deuteronomy 6, you actually said these words, there's no way God will move us.
1: Yeah. On, the, <laughs> on Monday, March 8th, we were walking.
0: Oh, I, so, so that, okay.
1: And I told her that. I told her what you had told me. I yeah. told her what we prayed.
0: Yeah. And, and again, for the longest time, we thought there's no way this is what God's doing. No. So then we we have that conversation with the person about the church. On Monday, my brother gives confirmation. On Thursday, that guy I had coffee with. And then Saturday, you were with your friend Donna and told her that you we were submitting our names to this church. And I'll let you pick up the story from there.
1: Yeah, I said, hey, I got something crazy to tell you. She's like, okay. I said, uh, I think we might be moving. And she's like, what? And she just kind of sat there and she's like, I already know. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean you already know? She said, on Monday, March 8th, when you told me what you guys had prayed, and you had said, There is no way God would move us. I, I told her, surely yeah. something's gonna happen with one of our kids. She said, God said to me, They're moving. Wow. And she said, I didn't want to accept it. Mm-hmm. She, and so this is now a couple weeks later that all of this has taken place since from that Monday, March 8th. And she said, I already knew. And I told God, her, I think she might have said told, yeah. but she's like, I asked God to not let it be this year. Wow. And at that time, I was like, I have no idea yeah. what any of this looks like. Oh, man. We were still we, is completely clueless. Yeah. But she said, I've been wrestling with God for the last couple of weeks because I didn't want it to be true. Wow. But she said, I knew before you knew. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs>
0: yep. So I, another confirmation from another person. So that's four. Todd reading Deuteronomy 6, my brother, that guy I coffee with, and Donna. That's four of literally dozens
1: yeah.
2: of yeah, confirmations it just kept coming.
0: that we've had over the last several months through people, books, podcasts, sermons, songs. It's been unbelievable yeah. the amount of confirmation God's given us. Mm-hmm. Even recently, as I was wrestling through <laughs> our resignation with no job on the other end, we experienced multiple conversations that were just too spot on to be coincidence. It finally got to the point one night we were watching a sermon from another church and it was like the pastor was speaking directly to our situation. Mm. You looked at me and you said, how much more confirmation do you need? (laughs) (laughs) For us, since February, it went from how can we do this to now how can we not?
1: Yeah.
0: Like the, the confirmations and the, and the calling from God just seem to be too clear for us to ignore. Hmm. And that leads into the last way to know that you're called. So what's the last way, Sabrina?
1: Conviction from the Holy Spirit.
0: Yep. So consistency and communication. God will most likely use a similar mode of communication. Confirmation from, from other people and places. He did this when he called me to ministry, when he called us to plant element. He's doing it again now but then you just have a conviction from the Holy Spirit. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Now, let me preface this last one with this. You will never be called by God or convicted by God to do something that is already contrary to his word.
2: Mm,
0: (laughs) Never. Like, you can can say this, but it's not true. God told me I could have sex with my girlfriend. (laughs) I'm sorry, he has not told you that. (laughs) Some spirit may have told you that. Yeah. But it wasn't God's spirit. No. Right? God's calling and conviction are always in conjunction with his word.
1: Yeah. It should all line up. Yeah.
0: That was good. So let me say it again. Mm-hmm. God's calling and his conviction are always in conjunction with his word. Yeah. So God will never call you to do something that is sinful, unethical, or unloving. Yeah. God told me I don't have to forgive them for what they did. Uh <laughs> eh, pretty sure you're wrong.
1: There's a pretty (laughs) clear scripture in the Bible that if you don't forgive, God doesn't forgive you.
0: Yeah. So when we say conviction, what we mean is, and this is the best way I can describe knowing that you're really called to do something or not. If I can do anything else Hmm. and not be in sin, I'm not called.
2: Hmm.
0: If I can do anything else than what I'm feeling and not be in sin, not be outside the will of God, that I'm not called. And that's where we got to. Yeah. Like, as I said, it was no longer, how can we do this, but how can we not?
2: Yeah.
0: Like to, to not do this means, at least it felt like to us, we would be outside of the will of God. To which people might ask, and understandably so, but what if I'm wrong? What, what if we mm-hmm. or you are wrong? And that's a great question.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It is one I really <laughs> have wrestled with. And that was another confirmation God gave me to follow through with the communication he had given, to follow through with the confirmation we received, and to follow through on his conviction. I was reading a book called Transition Decisions. It's a book all about making big, life-changing decisions that transition the trajectory of your life. I was reading it for obvious reasons. (laughs) In the book, I read these statements, these two paragraphs. The beautiful thing about trusting God in transition is God has grace that operates in the unknowns. Hmm. His grace covers our failures, our mistakes, and our setbacks. When we decide to trust, God makes grace available to us that moves us forward even when we don't know how to make Hmm. the right next move. Wow! Then this, placing our faith, trust, and hope in an all-loving, all-knowing, and almighty God frees us from the pressure of trying to be perfect. Instead of living with the constant anxiety of trying to get things right, we can simply show up knowing that the future is secured by God's grace.
1: Hmm. Man, so good. Yeah.
0: I, I read and that. And so comforting. Yes. And it's exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. That what if I'm wrong? Lord, if I'm wrong, we are asking for grace.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But as in our limited human understanding, as best as we can figure out, this is what we believe you're asking us to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it doesn't make any earthly sense. So we're, at, we're trusting you. And it was a few days later, we were watching that sermon I mentioned where Sabrina asked me, how much more do you need? <laughs> It was almost a patronizing question. I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) And the pastor used almost the exact same language as that book. Mm. In fact, this pastor was resigning from his church. Mm -hmm. That was the sermon we were watching.
1: On on Instagram.
0: On Instagram, and then we watched, we we heard about it on Instagram and then watched the sermon. And he talked about how we have to trust God's grace in these decisions, even if we're wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: So none of us can be 100% sure that we're right, when it's not already spoken in the word of God. The only thing we know to be absolute is what's in the word of God.
2: Yeah.
0: We're doing our best to discern his spirit and his will. And in his sermon, he shared a story about Mother Teresa. (laughs) He was either in a sermon or on the Instagram. I can't remember which one. And and there was a, a guy who went to work with Mother Teresa for several months in Calcutta at a place called the House of the Dying. It was a place Mother Teresa served those who were sick and dying, which she was famous for doing. This guy was seeking a clear answer as to how to spend the rest of his life. Hmm. On the first morning there, he met Mother Teresa and she asked him, what can I do for you? And he asked her to pray for him. And so she said, what do you want me to pray for? And he said, pray that I have clarity.
2: Hmm.
0: And she said, no, I will not do that.
2: Hmm.
0: <laughs> and when he asked her why, he was shocked. She would say no. Yeah. She said, clarity is the last thing you are clinging to and must let mm. go of wow and he told her he said mm. you always seem to have the clarity that he longed to have and she laughed and said i have never had clarity
2: mm.
0: what i have always had is trust mm. so i pray that you will trust god Isn't that awesome wow and i was like holy buckets i mean that was exactly where i was at
1: well, it goes back to the beginning we talked about. You want to do the right thing. Yeah. Like you just want to make the right decision. You just want to be obedient. You just want to be in his will. And we don't want to screw that up. Yeah. And and to mishear a calling oh, where yeah. we leave a job for no job yeah. with a family, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. And, like, leave, and leave. We a have behind. to make the right decision on yeah. this.
0: Yeah. So what if I'm wrong? We're trusting that God's grace will make the up the difference. Yeah. And that that's just the, the
1: We have to you have to yeah. surrender every what cell if? in your yeah. body. Like you just have, you just have to surrender everything. Yeah. And step out off the cliff and hope a step's going to come yeah. up for you and yeah. and Jesus is going to be there to walk with you.
0: Yeah. So where do we personally go from here? Well, for us personally, the last week of September, I'm doing an in-person interview at a church in Texas, the church that we were referring to uh, for the role of their senior pastor. It's a lot like element, but different enough that it will be a stretch Yeah. Um, to both me and to this church to get us out of our comfort zones a bit, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, Right now, they're slightly smaller in attendance, but not by much. I mean, it's really a similar size, similar passions and convictions. They aren't looking to bring someone in until the early fall of next year. So even if this is the place God has for us, we don't know what God has for us on January 10th. <laughs> and that's scary, yeah. but but a little bit exciting to be like, what in the world is God going to do? Like it's
1: It's stretching us. Yeah.
0: Absolutely! Oh my God, I can't. I, I think this is stretching us more than planting the church.
1: <laughs> yes, I agree.
0: I think we had a little bit of naivety going into planting the church. Ah. We're going to plant the church.
1: <laughs> we were we were much younger we back then.
0: Much younger, and I, I don't know if they had, had less to lose. I don't know. It's <laughs> just we we must have just been naive.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we were a little bit.
0: Uh, I don't feel quite as naive. This
1: <laughs> time. No, we we know what's on the line here, yep. and it's heavy. And the
0: reason we're not. <laughs> We're saying Texas, and we're not even sharing the region of Texas. We're not sharing the church name, definitely, because they have not shared with their congregation, even some of their staff, about the succession plan for their pastor, and and they asked us not to share. So we are honoring them, yeah, in protecting their anonymity until they can can address their congregation in the right way, much like we're addressing our congregation right now. So most likely. On January 10th, or before then, <laughs> uh, to get it in place, I'll be looking for some preaching opportunities, maybe an interim pastor opportunity, or if I need to, I'm willing to go work in the marketplace for a season if I have to. We just know that this is the step God's asking us to take, and we're trusting Him. And, and I hope all that convoluted mess made sense. <laughs> do you think that made sense? Yes, I, I do. Okay, yeah. sharing all that.
1: It's. I mean, it's been a roller coaster ride of. Every emotion.
0: Yeah, we're at 42 minutes right now, and I feel like we literally packed how many months it is since February yeah. into 42 minutes. And I, I, I do. I have 18 pages of 12-point font on a Word document, 18 pages
2: mm-hmm.
0: of confirmations and scriptures and books. and pod, I mean, it, we shared a, just the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. in this podcast. Do you
1: think it would be okay to share? I think people will ask about our kids, sure, and their reaction and who's going, what they're doing, sure, because now they are twenty, eighteen, seventeen, and fourteen. Yeah,
0: yeah. Jo- Jonah, our twenty-year-old, is is planning on going with us. Mm-hmm. Um, he works at a at a place clothing where, store. Yeah, where he can transfer to... to it's a it's a chain mm-hmm. that he thinks he can transfer. So he's planning on going with us, and he's actually pretty excited about it. Um, our daughter, Mariah, um, is going to stay here in town. She's got a great job at Starbucks and an apartment. And she's going to college. Yep. Our daughter, Michaela, is planning on going with us. Um, she's already graduated, but she won't turn 18 till April. And so, I mean, in, in some ways, if she said she wasn't going, we would say, yes, you are until <laughs> you're 18. Yeah. But... But she even said she's gonna go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I, I think I think maybe she changes daily
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> on her feeling about it. And then Jada, our youngest, is actually seems to be really excited about this new opportunity. Mm-hmm. So they've yeah, actually
1: all, all been positive yeah, yep. and excited to go to a place that they're not known, yep. and they can have a fresh start yep. in a sense as not element churches, PKs yeah. anymore. Yep. So.
0: Yep, so that's good. Um, And we, we don't know. It's weird for us to be like moving away from our daughter. Yeah. That's the be a first. But she's been very positive. Mariah has been mm-hmm. uh, uh, for us and, and about it. And she wants to come down if, if we move to this place. She wants to come down for the first Sunday there. And I assume no matter what church, I mean, I hope the Lord has me still preaching. <laughs> That's what I feel like I'm wired to do. Yeah. Um. So no matter where we end up, you know, my yeah, if it's wants not to come
1: this church. Hopefully be somewhere else. Yeah. God to, will. I hope. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Super weird to have this passion to preach and I'm doing something different. Yeah. You know, landscaping or something that would be. I love landscaping. You
1: could preach to the trees, there you go. to creation.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I loved. I've always said I would go do that probably, if I had to.
1: Well, you might have to. Yeah, I know. In January.
0: <laughs> but if. If, if that's my long-term job and, I'm, and I feel called to preach, that'd just be weird. But yeah, now we're kind of off track. Well, if you're still listening, <laughs> I hope that was helpful for you. I know it was helpful for us just to talk through it all yeah. again. And I hope it helps some of you discover what God's calling you to do mm-hmm. or where God's calling you to go. It won't always make sense. But it's always good.
1: And it won't always make sense to other yeah. people. And yeah. you can't let yes. oh, other people's so opinions determine what you're wow. going to do.
0: That's truth right there. Yeah. God's always a good shepherd. Yeah. He always leads his people to green pastures. Doesn't mean that there won't be trouble along the way because yep. it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death,
1: but you're walking through it. Yes. You're not being stuck there. Yeah.
0: And yep. he's with you. I will not fear for he's with me. So he's a good shepherd. He will guide you to where he wants you to be. He will anoint your head with oil. Your cup will overflow. Surely his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, another scripture that God used for us too in in all of this. So if this has been helpful for you, or even if it hasn't, (laughs) we'd love to have you help us out by liking, rating, subscribing, and reviewing to the podcast on all the places. You can follow us on social media as well. Jeff G. Manus for myself and Manus on Instagram. I think it's Manus on Facebook. You don't have the same one. Whatever. <laughs> if you have questions for us, let us know. You can email your questions to hello at jeffmanus.com And let's end with our marriage mission. We We are are united united in in Christ, Christ, unstoppable unstoppable with Christ, Christ, and unbreakable unbreakable because because of of Christ. Christ. Now it's time for you to go get naked. And party. We'll see you on the other side. You've been listening to the Naked Party Time podcast. Join us next time as we get real and raw about life, leadership, and love.